This is the first of our two exclusive KGEZ Good Morning Show drill downs made possible by Bailey Insurance Services to Washington, D.C. and Linda Kenyon. Good, Good morning, morning, Linda. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, so I'm thinking now a lot of most libraries have are fee free now, but yeah. so that where's the incentive to return anything? I well, mean, if I check out a book today, I can say, okay, well, I don't have to return this for 93 years. <laughs> I guess, I guess, but uh, you know, most people I think are dealing with digital now anyway. But I, you know, yep. I thought. I wonder how community standards have changed with all of this brouhaha with libraries and everything if something from 93 years ago could pass muster now in 2024. I guess it depends on the state, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the state of confusion. Somebody huh? would have to do a review of all those. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, review all thousand yeah. uh, poems in there. <laughs> well, as, as, I, as I understand things, uh, Linda, the, uh, uh, the Congress is out to, uh, it's out to lunch this week. <laughs> yes, they're taking a long lunch. Some of the members of Congress are in Munich at the Munich Security Conference, by the way. And uh, where, among other things discussed, has been aid to Ukraine, which is stalled in the House, and so badly stalled that uh, there's absolutely no uh, direction right now as to where it's going. And we had a situation in Munich where Vice President Kamala Harris was standing beside Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky um, and making a speech pledging that the U.S. will not abandon Ukraine, but it appears that the U.S. is abandoning Ukraine. Uh, talk with us a little bit about Kamala Harris. Uh, it was one of the things that uh, Nikki Haley is saying that uh, one way or the other, there can be a, a, there's going to be a female president of the United States. Either it's going to be her or Kamala Harris. And everybody's like, boo, Kamala Harris. Why, you know, why, why don't we love Kamala Harris? You know, I think that the situation with Kamala Harris and with other vice presidents is that they're kind of in a situation where they're despair if something happens to the president. And so they don't take a very high-profile uh, position on a lot of things. And while she's had a lot of high-stakes, high-profile uh, topics that have been under her purview. She doesn't get um, a lot of, uh, you know, coverage or uh, <laughs> a lot of respect because she's the vice president, not the president. And um, to many, it's just kind of a thankless job. So they've been trying to raise her profile by making her kind of an international ambassador. But a lot of folks, you know, in the U.S. are like, well, what about here at home? So with the official kickoff of the um, re-election campaign, the Biden-Harris re-election campaign, uh, Harris has been very outspoken on women's issues, most notably on abortion, because abortion uh, was earlier in the uh, campaign planning going to be a signature issue for the Democrats, given that uh, you know the uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court and returned back to the states. And there's been a lot of unrest about that in various states. So she has been really the point person on that. But somehow she's not gaining a lot of traction, in part because, as I say, she is a vice president. And most vice presidents have uh, rather thankless jobs. 
and uh, in part because for some reason she's just not uh, not connecting with with the American people. And uh, there are a lot of concerns that uh, if uh, supporters of uh, the Biden administration uh, have a uh, 81-year-old man, uh, you know, they have to think about the backup plan, and that would be Kamala Harris. And uh, But I do have to point out, because uh, the media does this a lot, they talk about the age of Joe Biden, but they don't talk about the age of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is 77, so they're both up there, and so... If that's if age is a is a concern, then it should be a concern for both of the perceived front runners at this point. You know, the difference between me in my mid seventies and me in my mid thirties, I have a lot less patience with dumb people. <laughs> yeah. You know, seriously, well, I, I surround myself with people who are, you know, who are, uh, you know, on, on a similar intelligence level to me. And I'm certainly, you know, I'm certainly not a high IQ person, but I, I just don't have the patience for that anymore. Yeah. And maybe that is the, the one thing that, uh, that happens to us as a, an age as we gather wisdom and we just don't want to listen to, to tripe anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that in our political day and age. And, uh, there's a lot of uh, strong political beliefs and divisions, not just around the country, but certainly you can see it on Capitol Hill every day and lately, especially in the House. Oh, man. Well, enough about that. But let's get back now to uh, President Zelensky. Uh, uh, he's fighting a war. He's uh, beginning to take some serious hits because they've got to choose how they respond by based on how much ammunition they have. Yeah, and that puts Ukraine in a very difficult position. In fact, uh, the National Security Council spokesman, Admiral John Kirby, has been telling us at the White House repeatedly, you know, Ukraine is rationing its ammunition. Ukraine is, you know, how do you defend yourself against an invasion from Russia when you have to count every single bullet and you have to choose wisely about when you, you know, you hit back? And uh, this has been a, a very difficult time under the best of circumstances in terms of uh, aid from other countries to Ukraine. But with the U.S. stalling on this, it sends a message to the world, you know, and this puts Ukraine in a very difficult spot. And again, um, you know, for those who are saying, well, Ukraine's not our business, Ukraine has never asked for U.S. troops on the ground. And the U.S. doesn't want Americans on the ground. And this is a situation where if Russia overtakes Ukraine and then uh, moves on further, because that's technically what dictators do if nobody Mm -hmm. stops them, uh, they just keep going. And uh, they could go right into the NATO nations like Poland, for example, and the U.S. being a NATO ally is is, uh, required to help defend other NATO nations from attack. And uh, then we would have U.S. boots on the ground. But well, we have another situation too: is that we're not tell, we're not really helping uh, 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 Israel anymore. Uh, that that, yeah. that that stalled up in Congress as well. Uh, Associated Press reports this morning that twenty nine thousand Palestinians are said to be dead as a result of this war. It's absolutely unfathomable to think about that kind of civilian uh, death, uh, civilians, and. That is a situation that has caught the world's attention. 
While Israel says it does not deliberately target civilians, there is a lot of pushback, and we see protests all over the place. By the way, last Friday I was traveling. I was on the White House pool, and we were traveling. We did uh, four states in one day, or as I call it, Friday. And uh, <laughs> and uh, there were protesters lining the streets. We went to East Palestine, Ohio, side of a train derailment a year ago, uh, and a lot of them were pro-Palestinian and against uh, Israel because of the huge number of Palestinian uh, civilians who have been killed as Israel has been trying to uh, eradicate Hamas, which attacked Israel, a lot of people forget this part, attacked Israel on October 7th and killed hundreds and hundreds of uh, Israelis and, uh, you know, and, and kidnapped you know, we, there are still hostages being held by Hamas. So uh, is the Israeli response disproportionate? Well, um, it depends upon whom you ask, but there's a lot of pushback uh, about that. And it's not just uh, holding up the U.S. aid to Israel. It's, uh, it's really changing world opinion, and it might be very hard for Israel to come back from this. You know, we forget, I think, that almost since its very inception in 1948, the state of Israel, the United States has been providing them weapons and selling them weapons and everything. They have, uh, they have the power to literally uh, wipe out uh, the Palestinian nations if, they w- if we would let them. They do, but, you know, to what end? Yeah. That's, that's the issue. You know, I mean, Israel is a small island surrounded by enemy nations. And it has always had to defend itself. And uh, now it's being termed as a bully. And, uh, you know, but if you look at the geography, they've had to be very aggressive to maintain their very lives. But now, with all of these uh, deaths of civilians, Palestinian civilians, it's it's not just collateral damage now. It's it's really... Uh, a major concern for for the world, and certainly as the U.S. is trying to deal with the funding, the foreign aid bill, which includes funding for Israel and Ukraine and Taiwan, by the way, um, you know, there's some pushback in Congress uh, from from uh, members of Congress you never would have thought would be against Israel, but the the sheer mounting numbers of of uh, Palestinian civilian deaths is starting to really take a, a, to turn the tide. Well, this is almost sounding like a repudiation of the concept of the two-state solution. Yeah, I mean, the Biden administration still fully supports the two-state solution. Uh, Israel does not. At least Israel under the uh, leadership of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And uh, so that is a clash between the U.S. and Israel, uh, and uh, and the U.S. is is Israel's greatest ally, so this is causing some political factions as well. Uh, you know, the 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 issue is, what do you do after the war? Because the current situation uh, is just not sustainable in terms of uh, Hamas having a stronghold in Gaza and being able to attack and and, and as it has said repeatedly, eliminate Israel. We have nine days left in the the month of uh, February. Uh, The House is out. Well, Congress is out on their President's Day recess. Uh, When are they coming back, and when are they going to fund the government? 
They're coming back just before government funding runs out. We have two deadlines for different agencies and departments. One is March 1st, one is March 7th. And that is one of the many things that Congress has to deal with. Is when it comes back, it's going to have to hit the ground running. And that's a problem because you've also got Ukraine aid caught up in uh, in this limbo situation, Israel aid caught up in this limbo situation, and border security, immigration reform, which uh, is also stalled in the House. And uh, some of these bills passed already in the Senate, where they have now gone to die in the House. So uh, there is a lot to do in a very little amount of time. And as is Congress's practice, they will jam it all in probably at the very last minute, because Nothing so motivates as a hard and fast deadline in all things, especially journalism and politics. So uh, what happens if they just do a continuing resolution? Does Ukraine and Israel get their get their aid again? No, because presently the aid is run out. So it would continue. It would be a continuing resolution to the uh, continuing resolution to a previous continuing resolution. And, uh, you know, that that kind of. a fiscal operation on the part of the Congress will and has in the past come back to bite them because it will affect U.S. credit ratings and the view globally about the strength of the U.S. dollar. What happens, Linda? Uh, Are we in a position here where we could actually see the government shut down over Ukraine and Israeli funding? Well, we would see a partial government shutdown because some of the agencies and departments are fully funded now. Some, some are not. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. Um, we would hope that it wouldn't come to that because, as I remind people, a government shutdown may seem like, you know, well, just shut it down. Who cares? Uh, a lot of people care. Uh, it ends up costing the government a lot of money, not saving the government a lot of money. And uh, it would affect things, things such as your Social Security checks and, and your um, uh, food stamp programs, of you know, all kinds of of uh, programs that require either government work or uh, support for the government work, those who work for the government. Linda, as always, we appreciate your great reporting, and thank you for drilling down for us this morning. Well, I've already started out Monday on a negative note. Let's hope it gets better. Let's hope. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.